The last time you heard Delaware CISO Elaine Starkey in one of our podcast interviews, she described a new initiative to allow government workers to use their own mobile devices to access state computers. Hello, I'm Eric Chabra of GovInfoSecurity.com, and I'm pleased to be speaking again with Elaine Starkey, who will update us on the initiative. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you, Eric. Good to be with you. For those who hadn't heard our first conversation last December, please take a few moments to describe this initiative. Sure. We have been taking a look at the whole issue of personally owned mobile devices attaching to the state network for some time now. And last fall, we moved forward with an initiative to basically lock down that process so that only devices that have been pre-approved and where the owner of the device has agreed to seven different security controls, would they be allowed on the state network? So we went from about 700 and some devices that had been previously connected with essentially unfettered access to the state network down to we're in the the mid-300s now in terms of those that have gone through the process. The, The users have acknowledged the responsibility they have that's tied to the connection to the state network and agreed and accepted to our security controls. What are those security controls? The seven security controls are strong passwords, a password history or a remember feature, passwords that expire, an inactivity timeout, a lockout after seven failed attempts, the ability to remote wipe for lost or stolen devices, and encryption if the device is capable of encryption. Can you walk us through the process of how employees are notified about this program and the steps taken to secure these mobile devices, actually putting on these controls? Sure. We basically alerted all of the users when we were able to. There were some devices like personally owned Blackberries. The, the internal mechanisms and the logging mechanism is such that we couldn't do targeted communication. But when we could, we, we sent out targeted communication to all of those users that might be impacted by it, let them know about the new new policy, let them know the reasons behind the new policy, which is kind of an important part of the whole communication plan, and let them know that we're just not trying to be difficult, we're just not trying to impose rules, but we are working to secure and to prevent data leakage and data loss out of the state network. They were then given the opportunity to go to an online form and complete the form requesting access and get their manager's approval for that access so that we know that there is a true business need for that connection. And then they would digitally sign and acknowledge the agreement to those seven security controls that I just mentioned. If they did not go through that process, then they were advised well in advance of the the cutoff date when they would no longer be able to access the state network. And surprisingly, Eric, we had a number of folks that read through the communication, thought about the security, and said, nah, you know, I kind of did this as a convenience. I, I thought I'd try to just test it out, but I really don't have a sustainable business need to do this going forward. And hence, as I said earlier, our numbers kind of dropped in half in terms of a the number of devices that are connecting. To, to make it clear, there were personal devices that were accessing the network before, the state network before this program went into effect? There were, yes. That's the piece that was keeping me up at night, basically. It was kind of an oversight on our part, more or less. We had not locked that down as tightly as we should have. In the beginning, it, it was not such an issue, but as, as the smartphones, the smart devices became more and more popular, 
we found the, in our log files the number of devices that were accessing the, the state network were continuing to grow. How does this have an impact on uh, state-issued devices? Yeah, a very interesting question and lots of conversation going on about that. We have been a BlackBerry shop here for six or seven years. Very much enjoy the BlackBerry, uh, the BEZ environment. The BlackBerry Enterprise system has served us very, very well. The devices have been great devices. The security controls are top of the line, in my opinion. We've enjoyed that environment here for many years, but they're kind of falling out of favor with our customers. Those customers are now preferring droids and iPhones and other devices. We still have a fair number of BlackBerry users out there, both personally owned and state-owned, but our state-owned device count is pretty well stabilizing, if not decreasing slightly. Users still have the option. Our Blackberries are still the state standard. So for state purchase device, that is the, the device that we support across the enterprise. We still get a fair number of kind of support issues and calls on that. If it is a personally owned device, that's kind of where we draw the line. We will certainly provide support to help them get connected to the state network, but we are not staffed properly. We're just not resourced to be able to support the myriad of different devices that are out there. Our support options are limited to just the BlackBerry. The people who are taking advantage of this program, are they all kinds of workers or a specific class of workers? I don't think there's a specific class. Very popular across cabinet secretaries in the governor's office, legislators, division directors, usually people with um, management responsibility or just the need for that 24 by 7 connectivity. May not even be a manager, maybe someone in our, our health and social services or transportation department that just literally needs to be connected and wired 24 by 7. Let's talk about that. Maybe you could use yourself as an example. I believe you uh, gave up your state BlackBerry in favor of your iPhone. I did. I'm about three months into it. I'm no longer carrying two devices on my hip. I'm just carrying the iPhone. Talk about the, the mix between the work environment and the uh, your personal environment in the sense of using one device. And uh, what do you see what you're doing that may be representative of what other people are doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been very convenient for me. I mean, it's real easy on the iPhone to, you know, to pull in either your personal inbox, mailbox, as well as your, your work. Now, I can keep them separate if I need to, or I can change the display so that they're coming in and it appears as if they're just kind of intertwined. It's similar to what's going on in our world anyway. Who goes home at 5 o'clock and that doesn't think about work anymore? <laughs> You know, it's just the change in in the workforce and the way we operate. We are 24 by 7 by nature, and, you know, we have to find ways to balance kind of the home life and work life, and this is one way that I think is effective in helping us do that. You're finding it very useful. Yes, very much so. I had a little trouble in the beginning. You know, I've, I've been a big fan of Blackberries, Eric, for a long time, and there are just certain things about the Blackberry that makes it better suited for enterprise work environment. There were a few things I had to give up, but overall they've not been showstoppers. What were the kind of things you had to give up? 
Oh, kind of just more user interface things more than anything, you know, some like cut and paste features that I used to enjoy on the BlackBerry. I did have a little trouble getting used to the touch screen, believe it or not. Some people either either love or you hate them, it seems like. I did kind of like the keyboard, the little mini keyboard on the BlackBerry. But after a couple of weeks, you'd get used to those things. Are state employees limited to the number of devices? I mean, could someone have like an iPad and an iPhone or a Droid to participate in this program, or are they limited to just one? They are not limited. We don't impose a limit. In fact, I think a number of our judges have both iPads and some type of mobile, so either a Droid or an iPhone. Since you implemented this program, anything surprise you about it? I guess probably the biggest surprise is what I mentioned earlier. We had done all of our planning assuming that the majority of that population of identified users that we started out with would definitely want to continue over and continue their connection. I was surprised that we cut that number in half. We didn't really plan for the the cases where people were just kind of dabbling around the edges and and just kind of playing and trying to set up a connection, but really didn't have a sustainable need to, to, to keep it going into the future. What were some of the reasons you heard that they decide not to offer this program? Everything from, uh, you know, I, just, what I just said, where we're just kind of playing around with it and connected once and really didn't need the connection, to privacy, significant privacy concerns about, hey, you know, I've got my I've got my kids' pictures, I've got my private personal information on this. I really don't want the state to be able to remotely wipe this device if there's a problem. I really just want to keep my two worlds a little bit more separate than that. We've had lots of conversations about the acceptable use policy and where the governance starts and stops on our policy. Lots of clarification. I have spent many, many hours on the phone and in emails clarifying our state acceptable use policy is intended to cover the state data and state transactions only. It does not cover the personal use of the device. Are there any really legitimate privacy concerns that state employees should have about their own personal information on their devices? No, we, we're not in the practice of monitoring or, you know, eavesdropping. You know, that's just an area that we, number one, don't want to get into, and technically we cannot get into. If they're concerned about other eyes are seeing that data, then it's an unfounded concern. If you fail to log in correctly seven consecutive times, does it wipe out the data? Mm-hmm, it does. Yeah, and I just know that so often I, I forget a password. <laughs> Yeah. Was that a, a, another concern that people expressed? Yeah, it is. But it turned out to be not a big issue. I mean, I thought our numbers would be high, and they're they're really not. They're very, very small. We're early in the deployment, of course, but we have not had to remote wipe or any type of security violation at this point. The seven failed attempts, I mean, typically when they get to, like, the third or fourth, they're stopping and taking a breath. <laughs> And, you know, maybe even getting on the phone with someone, either their provider or with us, and make sure that they don't get to that seventh failed attempt. Is the state subsidizing at all employees who use their own device to access the state computer network? We are, Eric. We're piloting a program in in my department, in the Department of Technology and Information, where employees will get reimbursed for their usage if they, they give up their work device or work BlackBerry, basically, and have a business need to continue the access to the state network. 
they could be uh, reimbursed $30 up to $40 if they have a voice plan too a month for their internet usage for the, the device usage. They pay, they still pay for the device itself. We simply reimburse for the ongoing monthly charges. Which would be something we normally pay if you had the, if they were using a BlackBerry. Correct. And it would be more than that. There's actually a net gain. Those are the numbers that we're working on right now. There's interest from the governor's office in taking a look at the results of our pilot and possibly considering it statewide. You said there are fewer people accessing using their own devices. But would this perhaps change the way some employees look at their own jobs where maybe they'll be a little more active because they can now use their own devices where maybe before they didn't qualify for a state BlackBerry? I think so. But I think the uh, the flip side of that is is possible, too, that there's a feeling that if, hey, I ha- used to have unfettered access to the state network, and now I have to jump through a couple hoops to continue that access, and I'm just not going to go to the trouble, and I'm just not going to continue to be maybe as diligent about keeping up with my email in the evening hours. I'll wait till 8 o'clock the next morning. I guess for some people that may be a better thing to do anyway. <laughs> Are you pleased that you went ahead with this initiative? Couldn't be more pleased, Eric. I'm, I'm sleeping a little bit better at night. It, this is not a perfect solution by any stretch, but it is a far better place than we were you know, this time six months ago before we began the lockdown process. I recognize that there's still some issues that need to be cleaned up, but we have closed a very significant vulnerability in my mind here in Delaware. How is this governed in a sense? I mean, who's responsible for this program? Is this your office? You have people assigned to it or? The whole initiative was sponsored from my office. We have worked closely with a number of our other internal teams have been part of the rollout process. Obviously, our telecommunications, uh, the technical folks um, were very engaged, and our change management team was responsible for all of the communication to the customers. So it's been a great team effort. Basically, what goes on when someone says, yes, I want my device to be secured? I mean, do you take the device or how does that work? No, we don't need to physically touch the device. They simply go to the, the website where the form is, get the form, the process, the approval process going. Once the form is approved, then we can configure that device remotely, push the seven security controls out to their device, and then, you know, the next time they connect, then all of the new security controls are in place. What did it take to develop this system which you just described? Not much at all. It's part of our standard work request system. We use it for all of our tickets, our service desk tickets. It's simply just another type of a work request that was added to that system. Are other states or other government agencies or other any kind of organizations expressing interest in what you're doing there? I received a lot of help um, before we embarked, before we made any final decisions on what we wanted to do. We did kind of an informal survey of the other states. I received a lot of good information on on what other states were doing or not doing. The state of Montana was great help to us. In fact, we modeled our request form after the form that they were using in Montana. A number of states have been in touch with me since we deployed, kind of wanted to sit on the sidelines and see what we did and the problems we ran into so that they could move forward. I just, in my meeting, the other state chief security officers, I received a lot of questions and a lot of requests for the package that we've put together here in Delaware. Are Blackberries yet able to access this? 
personally owned blackberries we went um we went live with that block about two weeks ago yes so we are now that completes kind of our our final phase of the lockdown we had to to, to deal with the blackberries a little differently because of number one they're they're what was native on the device is a little different from the other devices. And also we, um, as I mentioned earlier, we, we couldn't do a targeted communication plan to those users. So we pulled them off, did them separately. And we actually ran into a small hiccup. It was more on our side on the, on the documentation. We needed to be a little bit more clear on the documentation. We pulled it back for a few days and then went, went back with the block. And it's been up for about a week and a half now with no issues. Is there a cost associated with this? No. I, I can't think of any direct costs, you know, other than kind of the reimbursement costs that we mentioned earlier. You know, in the end, that's really a net savings if they're turning in a personally or a, a state-owned BlackBerry. Thanks, Elaine. You're welcome, Eric. I've been speaking with the Chief Information Security Officer of the State of Delaware, Elaine Starkey. For GovInfoSecurity.com, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.